like to take a moment and just say, I am filled with joy today. Um, no, it probably is coming in at 3 a.m. after a hard Georgia Southern loss. But um, I think part of it is that we're here in worship on a Labor Day weekend when it's easy to kind of kick back and say, no, not today. I'm going to take the rest. The, the beauty of the choir and the song this morning, thank you. The, the flowers, if y'all have a moment, come look at these roses. I mean, God's glory is just shining in everything this morning. And Miss Paula leading us this morning, we thank you. I'm just excited for Pittman Park. Um, we hear, and we're in the middle of this series called This Is Us. I love this television show. Bill and I both kind of found a little connection with it. And maybe you've seen it or not, but it, it's about to begin its second season on NBC. And it follows the f- life of a family with three children. Two are a set from a triplet birth where one did not survive. And the third child is an adopted child that was born the same day. The show follows the parents and then the kids into adulthood. Kevin is a tall, good-looking actor who found himself in a popular sitcom called The Manny. He doesn't want to be known for that. He wants to be this real actor that can show his, his true gift. We follow in this story his struggle in his mind of if he's good enough. If he can make it, if people will love him, if he goes beyond this Manny character. It's a constant battle within himself. And I believe that's something that we can resonate with. A battle within our mind. Are we good enough? Am I able? Will people like me? Then there's Kate. Kate is the the sibling set that that made it through, and she's an overweight assistant to Kevin, her brother, never doing anything on her own until Kevin moves away. You see in this story, Kate struggling to love herself and to allow others to love her. She's in a constant battle of the mind again, seeing that her life is created with worth and value and and who she's called to be. And then finally, the adopted son, Randall, he stands out from the beginning in the story. He's an athlete, a scholar, well-spoken, loved, but never really fitting in. He's a different race than his adopted family and the struggle of being included, of of his identity, of being loved for who he is and always trying to prove that he is worthy to be part of this family. You see, whether you've seen this television show or not, I believe each of these characters can speak in some way or another to our lives. It speaks to our hearts, And mainly to our minds and what we think about ourselves and how we interact with others and how we accept a love that is given to us. This title today for this sermon is For Those Who Love God. And I hope that in this place, what brought you here is the love of God. To grow and to experience his holy presence within you. But I think that we might can address the inner demons of our thoughts and our actions in relationship to who God has called us to be 
and whether we feel worthy of God's love. Paul begins Romans in chapter eight, which we we didn't read this morning, but it says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You see, for those of us that love God, for have that relationship with God, we are free from the things that bind us, the sins of this world, the things that we commit. We just bow ourselves before God and say, take my life. We have this identity that God has established in this childlike, intimate address where we cry out, Abba, Abba, Father. And so with all creation, we're seeking this groan as inwardly we await for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. You see, I think in the middle of these words, of identity, the working of the spirit and waiting in hope, we enter into the words assigned for our reading this morning. The assurance is that we've not been left on our own. We've not been left to the battle of the mind. We've not been left to what we think and what we experience and how we feel about ourselves and about others. The spirit intercedes. Did you hear these words? The Spirit intercedes in our weakness with sighs too deep for words. You ever been there? Are you there now? Or just a breath? You can't breathe and you finally let out that relaxing moment with sighs too deep for words. And it's in this intercession that we know the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit is is standing firm in our faith and, and speaking out on our behalf. In this assurance, Paul proclaims the world of ambiguity about the existence or even the presence of God in human affairs. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Who are, co- who are called according to his purpose. God is present in the matters of this life. Think about those in Texas and Louisiana this morning whose homes have been gutted or still waiting to be gutted due to flooding. But I still believe God is present in all matters of this life. I have seen, maybe you're aware, John Stevens, who used to minister here as, as a youth minister and kind of helped serve in the church, was a mentor of mine in ministry, is serving at Chapelwood United Methodist Church, a, a large church, and is actively doing ministry. When the rain stopped and it was safe to get out, he and his church members were in boats rescuing people after people after people in the stories will touch your heart. We know that all things work together for good. It is not good to lose your home, to be taken outside of your home, to wonder about your clothing, to wonder about your food, to wonder about the future. But I believe God is present in all matters of this life. This is true as God is God of all creation. 
and has brought all things under the lordship of our God, whether it's our fears within our mind, our worries, all these battles we lay at the feet for those who love God can find this freedom. God is at work within us. And we have been conformed to the image of the Son in order that Jesus Christ might be the firstborn of this large family. And I think that's where my joy comes in. And looking upon our family, our visitors, our friends, our church family. We are God's children called into his holy presence And yet there's times where we find ourselves with questions, with doubts. And we ask these questions over and over. Why? How? What what am I supposed to do? You see, in my life, I have questioned God probably every step along the way. At 14 years old, God called me into ministry, and I was basically running from it. Civil engineering was the way to go. I was going to follow my daddy and be like my daddy, and, and, and I was excited about that, but God would not resist. I worked here at Pittman Park, and, and that was crazy. They banished me over to the fellowship hall closet, but, but that was okay. We, just to have my toes dipped in ministry. You were vital in springing me forward to continue, even though at moments I felt that all was lost. I kept questioning God. God, you, you do know I'm female, right? Like, right? You know I'm young. And I told Bill, sorry, but all my pastors prior to that had been old guys, you know? <laughs> Didn't really have an example. But God was calling, and I still was questioning. Even today, I still question with, with my children and, and raising them, and my husband, who's, who's doing amazing campus ministry and, and, and touching lives that will touch lives well into the future. And I still, God, is, is, is this it? Is this what you've called me to? Do you still question Paul lays out a series of questions for us in the next, the part of the final part of our passage this morning. What are we then to say about these things? I wonder if people in Houston are, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? If God is for us, who is against us? And I feel like maybe at this point in time, they're saying God is against us. But in light of God's sovereignty in all of creation, We see the power of God, of all creation to stand before God. God did not withhold anything from us. In fact, he gave his son for us that we may have life. God gave everything. God gave everything. The final questions that Paul asks, he kind of asks in rapid succession, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress? I know those that are dealing with flood can check, check. 
But I pray that the spirit of God is surrounding them right now, that they are being provided for, that they have love, that wherever they find themselves, God is there. Whatever your situation is right now, if you check hardship and distress, I pray the peace of God will rest over you. Will persecution or famine or nakedness, if you wonder where the next meal comes from, If you wonder about those that are lost, that have nothing, God may be speaking to you in ways to give, in ways to serve. Or peril, or sword. I have unrest about what's taken place in North Korea and the potential for the future. And I know the peril or sword could be a very real word in the coming years. We even get a crescendo where the the psalmist, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. This lament inside our passage today expresses the reality of the faithful, those who love God. But then we get this assurance We get this resounding doxology of praise to the sovereign God above all that we are more than conquerors. You hear that? We are more than conquerors. There's a wonderful song. It's a kid's kind of thing where they put scripture text to music and it's one of the songs my girls like from Seeds Family Worship. And it's called More Than Conquerors, and it's kind of this little rap. I'm taking a note out of Bill's kind of sermon style, but I don't sing like him, so you're going to all forgive me after this, all right? It says, we are more, more, more than conquerors through him who loved us, through him who loved us. We are more, more, more than conquerors through him who loved us, through him who loved us. Then it gets this fun rap part. And this is what my girls leave the car with every morning as we go to school. What can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? And it's wonderful that that this passage can, can, can be that earworm, can be that song within our heart that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. For those who love God, We have a spirit that can overcome the battle of our mind, whether we resonate with Kevin, Kate, or Randall. We have a God that will overtake our pain and heartache, whether war or famine, peril, flood, or destruction. Our God will never leave us, will never separate from us. We have a relationship with the God of all creation that we are made in his image and that we can experience his love this day and tomorrow and every day after. For that is the God who loves us. Sorry, I'm getting a preachy there on you. I'm sorry about that. One of the things that I tell our two and three-year-olds at chapel every single time on Wednesdays at PPEC is you are special. God made you special. 
Every story in scripture, you can change it. You can experience it. You can witness it as God making that person special, making them for a reason. Just this past week, it was Moses in a basket. But he was made for something special. You all are made for something special. Whether that's you deploy and go to Texas, whether that's you give above what you were expected, whether that's volunteering in our children's ministry, holding a baby, teaching Sunday school, serving God, singing in the choir, you are special for those who love God. Know you're special. Experience it within you. And know that nothing, whether you rap it, sing it, or say it, nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Will you join me as we pray? Mighty God of all love, pour now into our lives that we would experience your presence that we would know the gifts and graces you've bestowed upon us and how you have called us to greatness in our life, in our work. May we speak faithfulness to our coworkers. In our life, may we speak peace to those who hurt. In our joy, may we celebrate above all else what you are doing here in this place and give honor and glory and praise to your holy name. God, be with us now that we would experience your holy presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.